I'm joining you for another week in our series, How to Be Happy. Maybe some of you can relate to the kids in that video that food brings you happiness as a common answer. They did have other answers. Don't worry, it wasn't just food, parents. There's more to it. You were involved in there as well. Um, But for our series this week, we are continuing on from our last three or four weeks. We have one more week after this, trying to figure out how to be happy. And before we begin today, I wanted to start off by making sure that I mentioned this whole series is not intended to downplay any of the suffering or sadness that some of you is very real in your lives today in this room or watching online, or definitely the sadness and suffering in our world right? The series is not intended to undermine that. Jesus himself actually said, and this is a quote, there will be suffering. Although you don't see that tattooed on a lot of wrists or ankles or on any throw pillows, but he did say that, and it is a real thing. But we are using this series to try to figure out ways to bring more happiness about in our lives. So far, that's looked like focusing on relationships or characteristics within ourselves and in trust. And if you have a chance to go back and watch those messages, I encourage you to. I myself have been either here in person or watching online or catching a replay during my week to see what we've been talking about. And I feel like I've got a lot of applicable things that I've tried to implement um, and think about, but the reality of of it is, and maybe some of you sitting in these seats and watching with us have felt this way as well. You've been through the other messages and you still go home to screaming kids or an empty house. You go home to the bills piling up on the table or the dirty dishes in the sink or even just the impending reality of the work week and you start to lose a little bit of that happiness that we're trying to instill. And if that's you today, or maybe you haven't seen those in just the sermon series, How to Be Happy, caught your eye, so you decided to tune in, well, today is the Sunday for you. You picked a good one, because Taylor's giving me the reins, so I said, you know, why not go crazy a little bit with this, right? And if you're here to figure out how to be happy, then let's get you guys happy, right? Today's the day. Okay, we're feeling it in the room here. We got some cheers and chants. I feel like we planted these wooers from earlier here. I love it. So so we are going to get happy and we are going to do that. We're going to start off. I hope all of you leave here today with a way to get a little happier, but we're going to start off with three lucky contestants for our very own first time ever. And if this is your first time at Infuse, we're not always like this, I promise. First time ever game show called Let's Get Happy. Okay, you can stand over here. We don't want to play too much of our music. Oh, you guys can come all the way up here, actually. Join the center stage. I didn't want to play too much of that Price is Right music. Don't want to get copyrighted. But let me explain to you today how this is going to work. So our three lucky contestants, I've convinced them to play this game by telling them that there are prizes in these bags. And there are, I didn't make that up. That would just be mean. (laughs) But um, there are prizes inside the bag. They are good prizes, I genuinely think so. I picked them out, I put a lot of thought and effort into this. Um, So they're all good, no bad prizes. But in order to do this, you're gonna have to answer a question. So let me grab this microphone for you guys today so everyone in the audience can hear your voices as well. So. You have to pick which bag you're gonna open and then tell us afterwards how that makes you feel, okay? So, Steve, why don't you pick first? 
Okay, I know it's inside the bags, and I was just like, I'm going to let this happen naturally. You know, just whatever happens, happens. So, yeah, you open that bag, Steve. You let me know how that makes you feel. Hopefully happy, right? We'll see. Show everyone what you got. It's wonderful cookies. Yeah, from Cookies and Dreams. If you haven't been there before, they promise happiness, I feel like, in their title. So Cookies and Dreams. So, Steve, how does that make you feel? Hungry. Oh, that's a good one. Maybe happy, too? Very happy. Very, very happy. I keep talking this like I need it. Okay, Janan, you pick next. Small. Oh, interesting choice, yeah. Size, you never know what you're going to get here. It's very light. They're all very light. That one, you kind of make sure you don't throw it away in the tissue paper, that kind of gift, if you've ever had one of those before. Oh, oh look how happy she is. That was genuine. Yeah, so tell everyone what you got. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to spend this on? Exactly. How does that make you feel, Janine? Look. I saw my face. I was excited when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, she was pretty happy, I would say. Okay, Kendra. Everybody, everybody loves money. That's all well, the other things too. We're going to get there. Kendra. Okay, prize number three. You guys just went right in order. How predictable, right? Just bing, bang, boom. And what did you get? Ooh. I should hold this up so people can hear. I saw the logo and I was like, wow. So what's the logo? It's Lululemon. Oh. I own nothing by them. <laughs> now today I do. Today and how does that make you feel, Kendra? Spoiled. And, <laughs> and happy. And happy. I am feeling like Oprah up in here today. You get a $20 bill and you get a $20 bill. Don't really look under your seats because you'll be highly disappointed. Um, there's not actually $20 bills, but we are spreading happiness. Now, before you go, another caveat to this game is I'm going to ask you one more question, okay? So, Steve, how do you think you're going to feel um, when those cookies are gone? Are you going to remember the way you felt today when you opened the cookies a month from now? I'm still going to be happy. Oh, he's still going to be happy. But will you remember the way the cookies made you feel? They'll make me feel full. Yes, they'll make him feel full. Okay, Janan, now what do you think you're going to spend your $20 on most likely? No. I mean, whatever you think. Try buy some cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Steve said, do you want to buy some cookies? There's some trades going on here. Um, no, probably... Probably go towards groceries. That's what I was going to say. If you guys were thinking the same thing, if you got 20 us, I'm the same way. So will you remember the pleasure that you feel after that money has been spent? Those groceries Probably, have been eaten. I, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is, I love money. Yeah, so. oh, okay. <laughs> and Kendra, I know that that was pretty exciting and you really liked that, but what if I told you that the zipper was actually broken and it was useless? Okay, I, yeah. Yeah, so would you still feel that same amount of happiness? No. No, okay. Well, you guys can go take your seats, take your prizes in your bags, please. Thank you for playing, yay! Good job, everyone. I'll turn this. <laughs> Getting some real good cheers here today. Okay, well, it isn't quite that easy, unfortunately. And it's not that easy to figure out happiness because what they were feeling today it wasn't actually happiness, it was pleasure.
they weren't feeling happiness, they were really just feeling the pleasure that those things, those gifts, brought to them. Now, pleasure is that thing that we reach for in our lives to help us get a quick fix, a pick-me-up when we're feeling down. I'm sure everyone has something in their life that brings them pleasure. I know it can also kind of be a little bit of a controversial word, but we do reach for pleasure to bring us happiness in our lives. For some of us, and I might be speaking from some personal experience here, but I like to get a nice $6 coffee, maybe get my nails done, get that extra cookie or treat, um, and that brings me pleasure, right? Maybe for some of you, it's retail therapy, if you've heard of that before. Those, that got a cheer too, wow. So those Amazon boxes that pile up at your doorstep, um, or buying those new shoes, the thrill that it brings to get those things that you want, uh, brings you pleasure. Maybe for some of you, it takes a different path. Maybe for some of you, it's that what brings you pleasure is really unwinding from the day, slowing down, um, getting away from the stress, and you do that with an uh, ice-cold beer or a nice glass of wine, maybe something even a little stronger. And there's even, and this is the controversial part here to talk about on stage, but sexual pleasure, right? The thrill that comes from that experience does bring us pleasure. And we're all searching for that pleasure in our life in one way or another, it's different for everyone, to bring us happiness. But I'm not going to try to stand up here and talk about pleasure like it's a bad thing, because it's not. But the problem is when we start to prioritize our pleasure over our happiness, that's when we can get ourselves into trouble. Now, pleasure isn't a bad thing because God created pleasure. He created our bodies to feel the way that they feel and to do the things that they do. He did that. God created, um, oh, Jesus' first miracle was making water into wine, right? He knows how to get the party started. He had good intentions when he created that. More cheering. We're really going hard today. <laughs> <laughs> he created that as well. And I think if we really thought about it in a chain of events sort of way, um, we could probably realize too that God created stores like Lululemon or Target or Starbucks, right? You know, we could figure that out. <laughs> Somehow he's worked in there. Um, he created pleasure. He wants us to be happy. But the problem is when we prioritize our pleasure over happiness, that's when we start to get ourselves into trouble. Because when you begin to do this, that's when pleasure loses its pleasure. When you prioritize pleasure over happiness, you actually end up getting neither of those things. The, when we prioritize pleasure, it starts to lose its pleasure. Eventually it fades, just like we saw with our contestants, right? by the questions I was asking, I think you could tell what I was getting at, that eventually that thrill, that high, will wear off to some effect. Some effect. Because pleasure eventually loses its pleasure. And when that happens, we start to one-up ourselves. We start to say, okay, well, how can I make this more pleasurable? How do I get that pleasure back again? I have to keep reaching for that thing or that want. It starts to become more of a need. And that's when pleasure starts to become a prison, starts to feel a little more like a need instead of a want. 
Speaking from experience, again, those treats that I like to indulge in to give myself a pick-me-up on a hard day, that's what they can start to feel like, something I need to do to be happy instead of just something I want to do. For retail therapy, that can look like racking up debt on debt on debt. For those that reach for that glass of beer, the glass of wine, or maybe something stronger, um, that can also turn into missing a lot of important events or moments, right? Maybe it turns into nights that you can't even remember. Kind of loses its pleasure. And then even the thrill that comes from sexual pleasure, it can lead to messy relationships, hurt feelings, and that's just the reality of it. These things that we view as pleasure, these things that separate us, these things that God created to be well-intentioned and good can quickly turn into something that separates us. It separates us from ourselves, separates us from others, separates us, uh, us from God. And like we talked about in earlier messages, that separation is sin. These things that God created to be well-intentioned, to be a pleasure in our lives, can quickly turn to sin. And this is the part where I'm, I'm here to get you happy, remember, so we're not going to get too down and out today and focus on sin, but it is a reality in our lives. And a lot of time, what we hear from the church on these topics of pleasure is don't. Don't drink don't have sex before marriage, don't wear that, don't do that thing, right? That's the message that we hear. But I think what we need to hear on this topic of pleasure, the way the pleasure can turn into sin, we don't need to hear don't. We need to hear why not. Why, the why behind it. And that leads to that age-old question that some of you might have asked yourself today, or have asked yourself before, be asking yourself today, um, or maybe someone's asked you because they know you're a person of faith. Or maybe you've just heard or thought it to yourself and never asked it out loud. Of If we are forgiven for our sins, if we preach this message of forgiveness and grace from God and mercy, then why not sin? If it's going to be forgiven anyway, why not do it? What's the harm, right? That's an age-old question because it was even asked thousands of years ago in the time of the early church. The early church asked that question to a wise man named Paul. We talk about Paul a lot because he's accredited with writing many of the books of the Bible that we have today. And in Romans, his letter to church in Rome, he tries to answer this question for them, this question that they're asking him, like, why can we not indulge in these pleasures? Although I'm sure it looked slightly different for them back then, the reality is a lot of those pleasures still existed. They were still searching for that too. So in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, Paul attempts to answer that question by saying it's more complicated than just forgiveness, right? Because it separates us. And he says, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves... You are slaves of the one you obey. You are slaves to the one you obey. Now, the pronouns here, you have to kind of really think on that to switch it around for your, um, your pleasure. But whatever that pleasure is to you, whatever you're offering yourself up to for happiness, 
you can quickly become a slave to that, right? When pleasure becomes a master in your life, it loses its pleasure. It's what I wish I had heard as a young adult or as a teenager even from the church on some of these topics. Instead of hearing, um, don't have sex before marriage, I wish I had heard, why not have sex before marriage? Well, because sometimes it can lead to emotional damage. It can lead to regret, to assault even, to broken and hurt relationships, hurt feelings. That's the reality of it. And I wish I had heard that, and I'm telling you guys that today, whatever that pleasure is that you can fill in the blank for, think about how that can lead to becoming the master of your life, or maybe it already has, and how that can separate you from yourself or from others. When these pleasures start to be prioritized over our happiness, we start to feel them undermine our peace. Just like Pastor Stephanie talked about in week one of the series. Because when it comes to happiness and pleasure, one can lead to the other, but the other undermines the one. When it comes to happiness and pleasure, happiness can lead to pleasure, but pleasure just undermines your happiness. It's kind of about where our priorities lie. Now, that, doesn't just, that verse doesn't just end there. It actually continues on. It's the same verse. I just have the second part for you. And in this part of the verse, Paul gives an alternative, right? He gives a couple options. So you're not just stuck being a slave to whatever that pleasure is. He gives us some choices. So in the next part of that verse, of verse 16, he says, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, Sounds a little extreme, but what he's trying to say here is whether you are slaves to that pleasure in your life, that thing in your life, that's actually leading to separation. If you replace that word death with separation, separating you from others and God. Or, you, the or is the alternate here, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Are you a slave to the pleasure, which leads to some troublesome consequences in your life, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness, which I can't really define all in one, but righteousness sounds like happiness, right? It sounds like something good. I think Pastor Taylor talked about righteousness in one of his messages on the series. So there is an alternative, and what I think is interesting is Paul doesn't say you can be a slave to pleasure or you can be free, Right? That isn't the alternative here. And although we can find freedom in Jesus, we talk about that a lot, and that is a real thing, it isn't the reality that you're instantly happy or that you don't have to work for happiness. The reality is that it's about choosing what or who we are a slave to. It's about choosing what or who we are a slave to. Now, we don't like to think of ourselves as slaves. I mean, we don't like to think of ourselves as slaves to anything in our lives, let alone pleasure. We don't want to admit that, but we also don't want to think of ourselves as slaves to others or to someone else. Sometimes that could be the tricky thing about faith for some people. But the reality is we are, in one way or another. We're slaves to something in our lives, if we're honest with ourselves. Uh, We don't like to put ourselves first, but Jesus himself has told us 
that where ultimate happiness lies is in living a life as a slave, as a servant, living a life of service to others, putting ourselves last instead of first. And we're going to jump into a quote from Jesus. Sometimes this can be a little dangerous to do, just like jump right into a verse without a lot of context. But if you get the chance during the week to check out the context of the verse, it's actually a really cool little story, um, an interaction between Jesus and a mother. But we're going to just jump into his quote about what he says on living a life of service. So in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 through 28, he says, Not so with you. That's the problem with jumping in without context. That first part doesn't make a lot of sense, so just keep going. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you, whoever wants to become successful or happy, must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. The verse goes on to say, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. What Jesus is trying to tell us there is that um, he is the example for this, right? He lived an ultimate life of service, and he's trying to show us through his example of where we can find ultimate happiness. As Christians, we kind of hold Jesus up as this gold standard. I mean, there's a whole WWJD movement, right? What would Jesus do? We lived our lives like that. So, I mean, we can still do that. It's very applicable. It helps. Um, he did give us his entire life, so, you know, he's kind of a big deal. But that, for some of us, is enough. It's enough to hear from Jesus of how we should be living our lives. It's enough to see his example. <coughs> But I also know that not everyone in this room is a Christian, and that's okay. Maybe for some of you, you don't know where you identify, or you're not really sure where God fits into your life. And for you, you don't have to take Jesus's word for it alone. We can actually look at scientific research that backs up this principle of living a life of service, of volunteering, of giving, and how that leads in turn to happiness. So I read a couple of studies that talk about this, but I, there are a lot more. One that I read I picked because if you know things about science, like having a big sample size across a long period of time can make it sometimes more reliable. So this study had 70,000 participants, and it took place over a span of 1996 to 2014. You can do the math on your own because I'm really bad at math, so I'm not going to try to figure that out on stage, in which they found that people who volunteered at least once a month, reported improved happiness, improved mental health, mental well-being. Now, this study didn't just account that happy people are more likely to volunteer, which could be a thing. They also had people at the beginning of the study who were identifying themselves as unhappy. And they found that with consistent volunteering, consistent giving of their time, their happiness improved over time as well. Now, remember, this is like a long-term study. It didn't just happen in an instant. But in this study, what I found the most interesting, what I wanted to share with you today, was they put in terms how volunteering actually um, would compare to our salary. So 
In that study, they said for the average middle-class salary, it would actually result in equaling to $1,100 extra in your bank account per year for the average middle-class salary. So having an extra $1,100, that might make you feel pretty happy, right? Didn't hand out that kind of money today, but here it is in your imaginary bank account. Um, you could feel that happy by giving of your time, by volunteering and serving others. It's actually, an, this, there's a scientific um, word for that boost in your happiness hormones that you feel when you give. When you give to someone, you get what the scientists call the warm glow effect. Maybe some of you have experienced that before. I think that's like a common thing we talk about um, by giving of ourselves to be happy. But there, it's scientifically proven that those hormones in your body that make you feel happy are boosted when you give. Now, wouldn't that be the real plot twist of this whole game show is if I told you that those prizes that you got today, some of you even on stage were trying to give away your prizes, that you had to give away your prize and then report back to us how that would make you feel. How that makes you feel a month from now, two months from now. I think it would probably be a lot more pleasure than what you're feeling right now. Unless you've already eaten all your cookies, Steve, then I guess you're out of luck, sorry. <laughs> oh, but that warm glow that scientists have found, I think that is the kind of happiness that is prioritized and gives us pleasure. That's warm glow. That's what we're looking for, right? That happiness that in turn brings us pleasure. So how can we create that warm glow, that happiness in our lives today? That I wanted you all to walk away feeling happy, right? So we are still going to do that. We still have time for all of you to walk away feeling happy, even if it's not from a monetary prize or gift but instead I have some applicable steps that I want you to really consider taking in your life. So if you have like your phone and notepad, whatever, if you're watching at home, jot down some ideas that come to mind as I throw out some examples and some topics that maybe you can apply in your life this week even to start bringing you that kind of happiness, that warm glow effect. So our first one that I have is Give your time. Time can be our most precious resource, right? And it can be sometimes hard to give of that. We have a lot of demands on our time. But giving your time might look like, for me personally, I struggle with this one, just being honest, um, when I have a to-do list or a task, right? So if I am on a walk in my neighborhood and I am like booking it, speed walking, trying to get in a quick 15 minutes of exercise, and then my neighbor comes over and wants to chat, right? In my head, I'm thinking to-do list time. Maybe some of you are like that too, whether that's cleaning your house or whatever it is. But taking the time out of my day to connect with someone who wants to talk, that can bring a warm glow. That's giving of my time to someone else, right? It doesn't have to be in giving of our time as a volunteer or in service, although that's included in this category. Giving of our time um, by maybe making priority in our week to serve somewhere locally, like a food pantry, a nonprofit, or our schools, that fits in this category as well. But sometimes we make it pretty complicated. It doesn't have to be that complicated, right? So you can give of your time. The next one that I have for you is to give 
your talents. Now, I don't want you to think that this entire message is just a shameless plug to serve at Infuse. <laughs> because it's not, I promise. Um, this one right here made me think of that because at Infuse, when we make the ask of someone to serve um, specifically, it's oftentimes not because we need that person, but because we recognize that each person has unique gifts, unique skills, unique talents within themselves, and that's what the church can benefit from. So if you feel so called to invest your talents here with us at Infuse, we would love that, I'm not gonna lie. And you can fill out a connection card, the infuse.church slash connect to let us know. But giving of your talents in other ways too, it doesn't have to just be here. It could be that you are a really good cook, so you're gonna make a meal and bring it to your neighbor. Uh, maybe it's going to be that you're really talented with crafts, so you're going to sew um, blankets for the hospital, or you're going to make something for someone, um, or an organization that needs it. Um, or maybe even you're mechanically inclined, so you're going to help um, your neighbor or friend fix their car so they can reliably get to work. Whatever that talent is, think of how you can use that talent and gift to serve others. The next one is give your money. <laughs> That's an uncomfortable one, right? We don't like to talk about giving our money or money at all. Don't like to talk about bank accounts. And oftentimes at church, we don't want to appear like we are asking for your money either, right? That's not our intention here. But giving of your money for some is something that would bring them that warm glow. And it can look like a lot of different things. It doesn't have to look like large donations to these organizations, or maybe for some of you, it does. But it could also just look like buying a special gift for someone, paying for someone's coffee in line behind you. Those random acts of kindness that sometimes take a monetary value. That is giving of, of your money. It can create that warm glow effect. Now this last one, this last one, it kind of encompasses all of the things that we've talked about so far, but I really felt the need to include it because I feel that it's important to talk about. And this last one is give yourself. We live in a society today that this um, concept of giving ourselves, of being slaves to others is really counterculture. And that's what makes it so difficult sometimes. I recognize that um, our, currently our society as well has a lot of demands for our time and our attention and our self. We're constantly being pulled in a million different directions. That's the reality of it. But our society is also constantly telling us um, that trendy term, self-care, take care of yourself, do this for yourself. And I do believe in that. Um, but when I went to buy that Lululemon bag or search for it online, the search bar literally said, find your happy. I'm sure if you got on the website, you could still see it for yourself, right? They're marketing to us. They're telling us that these things will bring us pleasure, will bring us happiness. And again, I believe in self-care. I believe in fueling ourselves and this vessel that God gave us, taking care of ourselves with things like community, our health, with reflection and time alone, with time with others. All those things are important in learning and growing. But there is a fine line that we walk between taking care of ourselves and being selfish. 
And if some of this is maybe rubbing you the wrong way today or making you think, then you might be walking that line. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and make it sound like any of these things, especially giving of yourself, is easy. Because it's not, like I said. But when you are living a more selfless life, when you are investing into the lives of others, you are essentially making a difference every day. You are living out a calling, a purpose. You are giving to others. You are making a difference every day. What a difference that would make if you didn't have to wonder what am I doing here? But instead, you had a purpose because you were giving to others. You were living out that purpose by more selfless tasks, like giving your times, your talents, your money, yourself. When it comes to giving yourself, I can't think of a more perfect example of a selfless act than being a caregiver. Right? As a parent, as someone who's caring for others as a profession or by choice, even pet parents, you are consistently giving your time, your talents, your money, right? We can start to feel like slaves to our two-year-olds. Just speaking from experience here, in my personal life, that can happen. But, wow, the kind of joy that you get from caring for others, if you've done this yourself, you know, it's unimaginable. You can't compare it to any of the other happiness or pleasures in your life. And it isn't just because your child or your class or your patient or your pet is the best. Sorry to break it to you, but it's because you are putting yourself last. The reason you feel that happiness is because you're putting yourself last, putting someone else first. That's the kind of happiness that can bring pleasure. And now that joy that you feel when you're putting others first, the joy that you feel for those you care for, that kind of happiness is multiplied by a thousand, a million for Jesus when he thinks about his love for you, for his children. It really makes you think. And maybe that purpose that you are searching for, that giving of yourself today, is giving in to that love and grace that he has for you. Maybe that's what you're being called to give. And it can be challenging, and it can be scary, but it can be worth it. Imagine how finding a happiness that brings you pleasure on a consistent basis would impact your relationships. If you no longer had to worry about the strain that is placed on your family or friend relationships or your partner relationships because of your addiction or that thing that you're battling with, you're having a hard time giving up, think of how that would be alleviated if you were no longer a slave to that and how your relationships would benefit. Think of how your job satisfaction could improve. Right? If you figured out that your sense of purpose existed outside of those four walls, outside of those emails or those constant phone calls, that your sense of purpose existed outside of that, think of how that would change your job, work, life balance. Or how your own mental well-being could improve in this crazy world that we live in by being of service to your neighbor, to your friend, 
to your community that needs your kindness and love every day. So today I just wanna encourage you that the next time you wanna reach for that splurge, that drink, that thing, that quick pick me up that's gonna give you pleasure, think to yourself, how can I instead give of myself? Whether that's giving of your time, your talents, your money, or just giving yourself to others or even Jesus. I encourage you to think about that the next time you wanna reach for those immediate quick fixes. And remember that it's not about, it's about who or what you are a slave to. And you have the power to choose that. You have the power to make that change. Join me as we pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today thankful Thankful for God that loves us so much. He wants to give us pleasure. He wants us to live good and happy lives and see that play out for us. So thank you for being that kind of God. But also thank you for standing by us, even in those times where we don't feel happy. In those times of suffering and hurt. Thank you for being the kind of God that never leaves. God, I just pray for all of us today that are hearing these words, that whatever that void is in their life, whatever that thing is that we are trying to fill, that we can be honest with ourselves, that we can be honest with where our hearts are with that thing or that person, whether that is becoming a slave in our life, help us to see that in ourselves and then help us to make a change. God, I just pray that we can make a difference in our own lives today by choosing to make a difference in the lives of others, by putting ourselves last and instead putting you and your children first. I pray that that unimaginable joy that you can bring, that only you can bring. I pray that all those hearing those, these words today can feel that in their own lives this week, this month, this year, and continue to spread that on. We pray all these things in your name, amen.